Previously on Crudely Drawn Swords. There used to be a city called Malahim where Tristan was trying to chat up some dead bird and now we've got to go over there otherwise he's dead as well. Their mission was to find whether the blade carried by the church knight is the sword Kalanoia. The one is very interested in the recovery of this weapon. We're expecting them to cross the border any day now. If that sword is something they want, then we need to find out why. If any law regarding Kalanoia and Olumbria survives, it is likely to be held by the elves. Elves are dicks. Well, if you have a place you desire to locate, it's possible that they would know of that as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, one more thing. Why don't you take this? And he hands you a scroll wrapped around a quill. And he says, it's a reaching scroll. It will allow us a certain small amount of communication at great distance, should the need arise. If you find something useful, you can write a message in it, and we have a matching scroll where your message will appear, where we can read it. Likewise, we can write a message that you can read. Oh, very well. That sounds good. The river divides into two narrow canyons that slice through the hillside, one either side of a broad promontory of bare rock. Across the bridge, the track enters a finely carved tunnel leading to a spiral staircase that ascends, taking you up to the surface of Lanisera Thread, where you are awaited. Ah, oh, you must be... The visitors out of Woodmarch, I suppose. Um, we would like to know where Malahim is. I believe it is part of the Canticle of Maps. Kyrizian pushed out by numerous fast folk out by normal, ah, numerous fast ah, folk, buying ah, built cities abandoned to cold smoke to no Percy, like literally, Tristan's going to die before he ends the poem. Yes, I know, this is really dry. Um, are you writing it all down or something, Ben? There's a certain rhythm to it. An authenticity. You're seeing the true culture here. I told you they were dickheads. Well, don't be too hasty, old chap. I wouldn't say they're dickheads. The next nine or ten verses are a detailed metaphor regarding how humans were similar to salmon and flocks of migratory birds. That's beautiful imagery. It says, Then walked the stone Just foot give us a direction. Law, built city of towers East. and empire to end war. From South ocean East. to ocean they sang to the sky. Uh. Tanomiel transparent, a friend and ally. From the heart of the stone uh. a tall city woke where all the lines cross, where the last wave broke. I feel elevated by this. Can we just get a new bard? Well, if we wait a year, yeah. <laughs> the next few <laughs> verses discuss the effect of very ancient salinity on soil types, creating a boundaried ecosystem. Oh, this is my favourite. <laughs> and it talks about a valley where a particular kind of maple grows and how pleasant that is in autumn. That came back like the arrow point flower formed on a chart. Five centre cities and three at the heart. Artusha, Daiwain, Simbrasawa, Talim, Kalsahir, Tambarial, Mirason, Malohim. Malohim! These are the places you wanted. Yes, of course. Like the arrow point flower. 
So if you have a chart, just picture an arrow point flower on it, and the five centre cities with three at the heart. I remember it all now, yes. Right. We all stare at him blankly. Yeah. Yeah. Can we give him, if we got a general map he could put a cross on, or a flower or whatever. (laughs) Enigma, palm the map. It's, there's no, there's no map. There it's a... just a long poem. You'd know that if you hadn't gone for a piss. No, it was I a mean... beautiful poem. We've oh, witnessed well... an element of culture that was, it was so authentic and deep. It really spoke to the soul. Get him to say it again. It was boring. It's like old culture. It's like ballet and anything like that. It was piss boring. The only people that like it are people trying to be pretentious. Or well, you only don't get it because of your crass mind. The big thing you missed. Uh, which was particularly maybe for you was the fact that half the verses of this long elf poem were just different kinds of grass. I was just uh, about to say, if I know elves, <laughs> we're going to have the name of every blade of grass in the freaking vale. Oh, I know what we need to do. Check the first letter of each line because it probably spells something important. <laughs> I reckon it, they've it, got it, the um, position of Malahim as an acrostic. So, Master Elf. Tristan Wilde. Uh... He says, yes, I, I hold the recollection clearly now. What do you wish to know? Where to go? Yes, yeah, imagine for a second that we didn't actually listen to any of that. Well, see, I've pretty <laughs> much summed up the question in three words. I'm going to look at the elf and go, where to go? <laughs> where to, Gav? He says, the centre cities had three at their heart. And they all formed a line, but all of them were far, far east of here. There were mountains, the mountains where we are, and then far to the distant east there are other mountains, and closer to those mountains was the whereabouts of Malohim. So, right, so we need to find the three centre cities, one of which is Malohim. Now... Yeah. My issue with that is that at the point at which we find those cities, we'd have already found Mount uh, Malahim. This is true. Because it's one of those cities. So, other than it's near some mountains, can you... What? <laughs> However, these events, these events form part of a long story. Oh, yeah, yes. Well, let's settle in with some cocoa. <laughs> these all happened a long time ago, so probably all the cities are gone. But if you find one, you will know you're on the right track for the others. Well, I liked the swimming with dolphins plan. <laughs> I don't know about it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, Master Elf, is this, is this below the right ear of the great cat? He says, he, ske- he says, ah, yes, the great cat. And he sketches out on the floor a picture of an approximate picture of what does look a bit like the head of a cat. Yeah, all with it exactly. Yeah, and he draws below each ear. He draws a line. He says, "These are mountains on the left side. These are the mountains that we are to the west of. And here on the right side, this is where Malohim (laughs) once was." (laughs) Ah. Fantastic. Okay. I don't need your map so much now. Um, so it, it is on the the eastern, it is on the west of the easterly most mountain. Yes, indeed. So we only have one mountainous range to cross. And then a great desert. And the great desert. It's a great desert. Filled with all. What sort of distance is this, uh, this map? It's pretty big. It's about 10 carices. It is, <laughs> it is many many leagues. I would think it is got a year. months of travel, certainly. But not not 11 months. Probably probably you could cross it in 10 and a half. <gasps> You're going to have to sing quick, guys. Guys, okay, thanks for the time. <laughs> Great help. We've got to go. Well, to be fair, 
I mean, I can see Farndale on the map, and I can see the um, the wood march on the map. We did that in about a week, so actually, I don't think it'll be that long <laughs> at all. He <laughs> says, uh, "You will also have to contend with the plain folk, and there will be few roads there. It will be a challenging crossing, no doubt. But if that is where you must seek, then you will be able to travel well." Well, must is a very strong word. Oh, we meet the plain folk. We'll be flying, Master Elf. Yes. In in my many travels and through my many years of study, I've learned that elves have a way of traversing distances very quickly. Is there any way we could utilise that? In your travels, you will perhaps have heard our stories and our tales. And of course, it may seem that we travel quickly. But in fact, it is that we live a very long time. And so what may seem a moment to us could be a very long time to you. And if an elf is recounting it, the time cannot be trusted in the tale. Not for you, anyway. We've seen Sudek armies using magic portals. Oh, yeah. Mm, that's true. Do you know anything about this? I'm going to clip bamboo in the ear. <laughs> he says, oh, this is very perplexing. Um, no, we have heard little of that. It is a very strong magic and a very difficult one. I cannot imagine that any living magician, even of our people, would be capable of it. <gasps> what do you think, Senel? And Senel says, no, I couldn't do it, I don't think. <laughs> Have a crack at it. Yeah, give it a try. How hard could it be? The, the thing is, if you believe in yourself, <laughs> then I'm going to emphasise the elf of self. <laughs> <laughs> you need to have self-confidence. <laughs> I'm like a smirk myself. <laughs> I'm going to clip Tristan around here. <laughs> it's, it's valid. Senel gives Bram- Bambri a slow nod. Damn it! Said, <laughs> well, the danger of doing it is that if it were to go a tiny bit wrong, one could cause reality to unravel. Well. But, but my friend, look at it this way. You've lived a long and, I'm assuming, boring life. So this could be your crowning moment of either great success or great failure. Senel shakes their head and says, My friend, I have no idea why you would wish me to put all of our lives at such risk, but... I will not. Now, if you must travel to the east, you will have to contend with the mountains. And at this time of year, the high passes will all be closed. So you must consider whether to travel north or to travel south. Or we could leave it six months or so and then set off. Yeah, that's a plan. <laughs> we could have a really long li- breakfast. We could, we could <laughs> go south, hit the river, take the river round the trees. Around the mountains. What, you mean through past Windrush Pass and all that stuff, where that big uh, army yeah. was? Oh, I remember. That was the river that we couldn't snorkel along because it was like one inch thick or deep. I don't think I snorkeling that river is going to make it faster. <laughs> <laughs> to well okay. him and don't spare the snorkels. <laughs> Friendly elf, do you have a more efficient way to travel across the mountains? <laughs> than snorkel. Than snorkeling. <laughs> Are there tunnels in the mountain? And are there monsters in the tunnels? Cave troll. He says, well, there is a darker way. If you wish to risk going beneath the mountains. Yes. 
you could pass through Batmasgorod? No. Yes. No, the only way to get through there is you throw your wizard down after a bulldog. And we, uh, we've all seen that. We're not doing it. It's not kosher. It's not happening. I'll be honest, yeah, I think it? the ending of that scene will be different this time, though. Yeah. Like, we won't be sad. Yeah, it'll be me kicking you in the shin saying... And it turned out okay in the end. I mean, there's no going to be... There's no Bambri the white. <laughs> Bambri the beige. The cutscene is just a bulwark falls <laughs> and Bambri just gets crushed. And that's it. <laughs> that's There's it. just no cutback. Just... It's just Bambri is lost. That's it. Story over. It, it just cuts to like a plate of chips. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing need more be said. So we can go north or south or under. Yes. What? What's under? Uh, the kingdom of Batmazgorod, one of the great dwarf kingdoms. I believe it is still a powerful kingdom now, though they have little truck with us these days. There used to be a way through from this valley, but it was sealed some time ago. Why was it sealed? Poems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the dwarfs are fed up with these dull-ass bastards, so they're like, let's just close it off. Hmm. They keep coming round. Can I borrow some sugar? During one of the later parts of the Ruinous Age, there was a point where someone feared... Who would it be? Hold on, I think I have a poem about it. Yay! He starts reciting a very long poem. Right, do any of you lot... In fact, Ben, do do any of us know about dwarfs? Do I? You might know about them. Yeah, if, if anyone wanted to spout lore about dwarfs, go for it. Bard. Let's all do it. Well, presumably it's not really in Enigma, Banbury, or Percy's wheelhouse while you're the... It might well be a Tristan thing, given what we discovered about Tristan lately. So What, that he did Banbury's mum? That he's only got little legs. Oh my god, he's half dwarf. He's <laughs> 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 dwarf and heritage. <laughs> I thought that wasn't legit in character. I thought that was just... Canon. Right. Bardic lore is charisma. The actual move you're doing is spout law so that's int which is fine that's plus zero but i believe bardic law gives you a plus one on it maybe boom wait that's a fail oh no that's just a, no seven is the yeah. minimum you can get to pass i just don't get the full answer like well listen guys let me tell you about dwarves yeah they are rude no. stocky and abrupt <laughs> they are famed for their poor architecture and handiwork <laughs> and if anything their craftsmanship is clumsy at best <laughs> they are tall but short <laughs> and that's the end of that sentence we're totally getting a new bard <laughs> there are various dwarven kingdoms that have relatively little few dealings with the world above beneath the western mountains lies the kingdom of Batmazgorod, which is one of the major dwarven kingdoms the only one that you would have heard of in this part of the world it's known to be quite strong it's also known to be quite insular and it's like a whole other world almost beneath you know they have their own politics and very strong culture have you heard of tristan it is plausible that they may not have heard of tristan <laughs> but that <gasps> could be about to change everyone's heard of the dandy oh yeah the dandy percy hmm. i get that you're the group leader but can i make a suggestion you can make a suggestion right if we go south down the mountains, we have to go through Windrush Pass, which probably isn't the best bet because there could be an army. If we go through all this dwarven settlement, we'll have to deal with the dwarfs. We don't know how that's going to go. We can't go over the top. However, 
once we're the other side of the mountain, there's all the desert and all the orcs. If instead we go north, we can get to a port at the top of the cat's left ear, get on a uh, ship, and then sail to the right ear, and then traverse down the mountains to Malahim, so we don't actually have to cross all of the orc-filled Oh, a cruise! Desert. A cruise! Oh, Barbary. Do you really think Ben's going to let it be that easy? Well, <laughs> let's have a quick look, because by my reckoning, let's see... 25 foot? Yeah, 20, 25 <laughs> foot. It's 25 foot. We could just do that in a minute. Yeah, 25 foot. Yeah, it might might just about... Where would we land? There's... Do we know? Do you know anything about port? Well, I don't know. I don't know what ports are up. Do you know anything? Uh, make some map go the other I don't know, but presumably if we go, there's... it's gin week, not port week. <laughs> if, if we get up to the top, there must be fishermen or there must be sailors, which can then take us along the coast a certain amount to the west, and then we can just head where, however far they take us. We can get that far without having to cross the desert and then go Hold down. On. I can tell you that there is actually a city up in the north. To my bardic knowledge, yes, it, there is it a might city. Save us there's Arusha up north, um, <laughs> yeah. where which is a significant city that Tristan has visited fairly often. It's not a bad shot, Bambry. It might, yeah, it might shave a little bit of time off. It also shaves the desert off. It does, yes. With my knowledge of semen, Benjamin. <laughs> Are you going to roll to find out about semen? Do I know a lot about semen? Do I think the journey would be quicker going by ocean upon my travels? Well, here's the thing. You've got the distance straight up to Arusha from where you are now is a long way. So my guess would be it that makes it 30 foot. Yeah, it's 55 foot roughly to Malahim. But you have the advantage going north of travelling through civilised countries, whereas if you go east, you're going to be in the hinterland and then crossing the steppes. What about Parisio? Yeah, I'm looking at Parisio. Why do we have to travel all the way to that major city? I mean... Yeah, I guess I was thinking, is it going... Parisio, you could then sail right round the coast... And past Arishar, uh, yeah. you're still going to have to go round that headland. There isn't like a shortcut overland you can take on a boat. No. Yeah, but presumably boat is going to be a lot faster than uh, than walking that. Yeah, it probably is. Especially a speedboat. So, so that would be certainly a viable route, I think. By all means, if you think, uh, if you like the idea of that, I think that works fine. How vicious are the fish? Does that screw up all the plot you wanted to do? Uh, no, it do- it doesn't have to, because you still have to cover like a lot of the desert and steppe to get from the coast down, Give- okay. even after the fact that it gives me the chance to introduce all kinds of exciting piratical nautical adventures. Hooray! I was going to say, we've just, we've just introduced sea monsters into crudely drawn swords. It just means there'll be more shanties involved. Um, yes. Bizarre! Oh, will there be a leviathan? I want a Leviathan. I mean, no Leviathan. I might just become a pirate. Screw it. Well, um, Bambury, I am. I would say that I'm in agreement with you, assuming that we're shooting for um, Pariso, um, because yes, that would seem to put us on a port, and I would imagine that we'd move faster by sea, even clipping around the headlands uh, and avoiding that desert, as you say. And we. But also, it takes us through El Barado, which is where all the good brandy and wine seems to come from. (laughs) Which is a spin-off benefit. It is indeed. We can get some more strawberries. I'm assuming I know a captain in Parisot. 
Oh, you will you will know people. You know quite a lot of people in Alborada. You speak Alboradan really well. He does. Um, you spent a lot of time there, uh, like on tour, and also because it's where the nice wine and brandy comes from. Well, and you're a bard, so yeah, Alborada, you'll be able to use your contacts there for sure. To Alborado. In the meantime, Senol Frostflint says, "Was there anything else you wish to ask me about?" Yeah, we've just had this long. We need to specifically. Sorry, we need to specifically find the singers' halls in Malahim. Do you know how we'd find that if Malahim's destroyed, as in the location it used to be? Senel says, "No, I think you would have to search more locally for that information." Okay. I reckon I'll just know it. I think there's a line in the song. It'd be one of those brown there's signs. There's a detailed line in the song about walk down this corridor and through this alley and you'll find yeah, the corridor's <laughs> not going to be there anymore not corridor but you know i'm paraphrasing i don't want to spoil the line of the song when you guys get to hear it live but it basically says go down the street go to the fountain with the apple trees and then like it's nearly there basically there'll be a red-haired lady stood there yeah, you <laughs> don't know snowman. this song banbury you're just reciting lines from my old songs lots of permanent fixtures you have listened to my music i knew you had or that all the dandies been ripping me off. There'll be a brown National Trust <laughs> sign, and the National Trust sign will say, Panoramic yeah, Spot. All the signs there will be in brown. Is it worth asking the elves about any other things we're interested in, such as, uh, was it Uman Briar, uh, or any well, fae related things? Well, like, was was there anything that you were instructed to ask them about by uh, oh, yeah. the preceptor? Oh, uh, yeah, that sword. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have reminded us. That would have been amazing. <laughs> I've forgotten. What's this? Yeah, Percy's got this sword. Do you guys know what it is? Oh, yeah, good call. Senel <laughs> <laughs> says, may I see the weapon in question? Interesting. Yes. Look with your eyes. You know what happens when you lend someone a weapon? Not with your heart. <laughs> Not with your arse. What do you do, Percy? Um, yes, I'll, I'll draw him a sketch, which just looks like a really <laughs> shit sword. <laughs> there you go. Crudely drawn. This, this is a very crudely drawn sword. Mm, there's been a lot of I think that I gag's might... been repeated too much tonight. I think <laughs> by no means, this will probably be a different episode by now. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> then we're safe. We took it with us. Why don't we just point at it? Yeah, go on, I'll draw it and hold it aloft. Ching! It's up there. Senel Frostflint and Eel Thunderstone both kind of go and flinch back as nice. your sword appears. Oh, it's okay. I'm not going to hurt you. Down, <laughs> My God, it, it looks like a crudely drawn penis. Now have some manners, <laughs> Tristan. We're in polite company here. They say, oh, you, you should be very careful with that. Right, it's a sword, naturally. It's a powerful artifact of some... Some kind of... It's ice-aspected, isn't it? Oh, well, you're just full of information, aren't you? <laughs> I'm glad we made this trip. <laughs> Next thing you'll be like, it's got a hilt. <laughs> sure is swordy. Yes. Eel is looking along the blade, like, carefully, like, almost the way you'd touch an electric fence. Like, he leans in, and he, like, gets back again. He doesn't want to get okay. too close. He says, there is something along the blade here. Kalinor... Yes. Kalin- yes. Kalinir. Oh. And regards Senel for a moment. And then they both look back and say, This is the sword of Fulumbriar. Why do you have it? 
of Ullumbriar? Yes. Uh, oh, well, uh, hmm. Funny, funny story. Wait, is it her actual sword? Is it a sword she fought with? Mm, yes. If we destroy it, does it weaken her? Yes, it would weaken her. How do we destroy it? Volcano. <laughs> Get to a foundry, drop it in some metal. <laughs> I do not know. I suspect that you would need to find a way to release the magic within it and give it back to the world. But it is part of Ulumbriar. It is part of the spirit of the ice. Hmm. Well, that's a bit awkward, isn't it? Um... <laughs> Is there, um, what sort of connection does Lumbri have to this this weapon? Is it just sort of forged using her magic? Or is there any sort of chance that there is a connection there? Could it be used as a scrying focus or to take over the wielder? Or I mean, do we need to be wary of anything? Senol is examining it, says, It is caught by strings of fate and destiny, but I do not believe that she can see it. I do not believe it is immediately visible or that she could interact with its wielder directly. Not at a distance, anyway. Perhaps if you were in the same place, that would change. But she probably has a feel in general for the direction it is. Hmm, okay. She probably can sense it like you could tell which way the sun was shining from. Uh, if it were to fall into the hands of followers of Umbriar, then it, what... Could they do anything different to just wield it as a sword? Is it a big untapped resource of power or anything like that? Eel says, I think what you need to hear is the Ballad of Ullumbriar. Oh. Yes! <coughs> Poetry night! Poetry slam! They commence <laughs> an extremely long ballad, which largely relates to the effects of changing glacier size on the fauna of the ice boundary. I'm interested. What grows on terminal moraines. I actually think I heard this at Poetry Night the other day. Do they, measure, do they judge it by measuring lichen on the glacial forecourt? That is basically the main thing they do, yeah. The elves were big awesome. on like awesome. they they're really liking that. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on the distinctions between blue ice, white ice, slash snow, meltwater, and so on. Very Dylan Thomas. And then it comes down to the manifestation of the ice into a consciousness and the creation of a city by this consciousness to which people were drawn. In the end, the spirit of the ice had to fight off certain others who sought to destroy her work and her realm. Particularly, these include Leonard Goyth, Jangwa, and Ambiforax. <gasps> During the war, there was a direct attack on Decree, which is Ulla's Briar's city, by an army of the Canavir's miscreations. And it drew her out to defend her people because they were all praying to her for protection and because she was well along the process of godhood at that point. She was driven by their prayers to protect them. But she was trapped by the Fae within walls of fire and she was disarmed. She brought the ice over herself and over her city to protect herself. But with her sword gone... She had no way to actually quell the fires. So she closed the glacier above herself and the fires still burn within it. The moment the ice returns, they'll return. Unless she has her sword back, 
at which point she may be able to quell them and release her power fully upon the world. Oh, oh so she, we probably don't want to give her the sword. <laughs> yeah, but if we do, she'll stop Anne before Axe kicking off. Maybe we should bury it and draw a treasure map. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it someone else's problem, because we seem to have, you know, quite an important thing in our hands yeah, which decides which of the scary bad guys wins yeah. let's sit on that sword for like a year and a day and then we'll worry about that for now I think it's safest taken off the land into yeah, the I'd... sea and then I think it's safest safest with us probably yeah it's probably <laughs> safest with the sausages uh, so I'm interested um, Eel or whoever it was that was just speaking yeah um, you talked about Ullumbriar's path to godhood. Um, so Ullumbriar was just a, a mortal previously? Ullumbriar was a spirit of the ice, yes. Almost like the ice itself created consciousness in its nature, or perhaps the other way round. Our metaphysicists have been arguing over this for long years. I imagine right. the cuts away scene where he opens a door and there they are, just two of them arguing. <laughs> just closes the door again. <laughs> 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 opens the door just hear one go no <laughs> closes the door <laughs> so oh, sorry so Ullumbria was well, the the manifestation of some kind of belief and consciousness that took form or no she was a nice spirit and then all the belief and consciousness uh, so she, she was a fought, some, like, yeah, some kind of spike gave spirit. her power at which point she gained enough power to become a god right okay fine so she was previously some kind of supernatural creature yes that is correct fine. okay but the change was never completed she has been trapped for thousands of years probably between forms yeah right okay so what we don't want is the glaciers to retreat no CO2s, guys. <laughs> Do you know why her people are suddenly raging again? We did not know that they were. That no news has not reached the Wood March yet. Perhaps it is too current. Well, yeah, the Sudek army, it, like the all of Sudek's basically praising her now, and there's an army ravaging through trying to take over Karis. But uh, these guys here stopped it pretty, not single-handedly, but yeah. Double-handedly. Just give him a slow clap. Thank you. <laughs> I'll give a little bow. Thank you. Thank you. Slow nod. Yeah. But yeah, that's it happening. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing you guys might want to, you know, get up in arms, grab your long bows and do something about. <laughs> so, well, I'm sure our relations are in the Southern Forest may report in a century's time or two. Our place is more one of record than of intervention, however. Slow news day. <laughs> Slow news century, really. Wow, there we go. I'm sure we could learn lots more from you, but I'm sure none of us have the patience or the constitution. So thank you very much for your hospitality. We'll come back for the poetry slam in a year or so. Um, when we come back, we'll take Banbury off your hands. So long, Banbury! <laughs> <laughs> say, oh, Bambury, you wish to stay. Oh, I'm not staying here. I'm not staying here. Um, no. He wants more first tongue. Does his eyes start twitching with uh, the suggestion? They say, 
My mother still has hope that you could grasp our tongue. <laughs> Do it, Barry. Grab his tongue. I'm only 14, you pervert. <laughs> and then I'm going to leave. <laughs> right, we're just all going to stay. <laughs> and, then, gonna... and then go across the desert like, through the dwarven mines. <laughs> so you, you have some new information. Mm-hmm. What will you do next? I think the, the plan is to head to Paris or... All right. So you... Uh, stock up on duty-free. You stock mm. up on duty-free from the elves. Um, oh. The elves have, have some pretty good quality granola, if that's your thing. Love it. <laughs> it's my favourite. I want it with almond milk, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only milk they have. The elves don't keep cows. Or boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been an option would it almond milk or just a, a female elf just squirting it into your teeth <laughs> all the finest elven breast milk elf milk but, oh. it's delicious uh, I think it counts as vegan <laughs> I, I don't know where whether or not it is um, well you can ask their opinion there's one other thing that happens as you're getting ready to travel uh, getting ready to leave, you hear a crackling sound from Percy's pack. Ah, uh, there's the popcorn I put in earlier. It's obviously <laughs> so. Let's chat down, everybody. That would be that magical uh, notepad. Um, let's have a look in the um, in the backpack. Um, what is it? It is the magical pad, and you can see the handwriting of uh, Preceptor Arroyo appear. Ah, let's have a little look at it. And it says, "Percy, bit of a rum do." Terrible defeat. Army routed. They're coming north. Lol. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to respond with lol. Yours, Uh, Oreo. I mean, just kind of puts it into context. Maybe we need to do something about that and and Tristan just needs to take it on the chin. We all cuddled, I'm afraid. Sausage family till we die. (laughs) (laughs) Sausage meat forever. The thing is, there's four of us. We can't save the country and do everything. We we have to pick one. But maybe maybe this sword could do something towards saving the country. To clarify, the the army that they're referring to um, was the the, the Sudek army and... Where was that? That was on the northern border of Sudek. Right. So we're looking at what well, the roughly equivalent to uh day or two south of us. But there, okay. Can we send messages back to Oreo? And so preceptor Oreo. Yes, you can. How'd you do that little ping thing? Uh you just hold it down. Um so pre- preceptor Oreo's there, yeah? In Farmouth? Yep. Right, so he's got ages. He'd be fine. <laughs> He'd be fine. <laughs> Wait, so so which um is he talk which arm is he talking about has fallen then? The knights. The church knights on the southern border. Shitbags. Yeah. Poo. Um okay, I'll go and speak to the elves a second then. Yes, of course. Um so um Senel, Master Eel, um yes. this this weapon of uh Uman Briar. Yes, indeed. Is there any way to uh, for us to to tap into the power on a on a large scale? Uh, I mean, is, is um so d- does this contain does this contain power that we can tap into? Um, or can it fo- use can we use it as a focus for, for power? It can be a conduit for ice magic. Perhaps if you had 
been able to drive it into an area already strongly imbued with ice magic, you might find that it showed some resonance and became more powerful. Hmm. Okay. This appears to be the sympathetical principle on which it operates. Right. Um, do you happen to have an army of people that, you know, fight rather than talk a lot of poetry? No, no, that is not the elven way. Okay. Do, do, is it the dwarven way? The dwarves do not often engage with overland politics, even in the Broken Age. Whether they could be persuaded now, I couldn't say. It is a while since I have spoken with any from Batmazgorod. And you said that there's an entrance to the, the citadels near here. Just how close is it? Are we talking like a couple of days' travel? Is it... You know, just over there? It is within this valley, probably half a day's travel, but it would be dangerous to traverse it. Well, I don't want to traverse it, I just want to make contact with them. They seem to have a large Sudek army coming up from the, the south. Um, and no real way of uh, of putting anything in its way. What he means to say, Master Elf, is we laugh in the face of danger. Show us where it is! <coughs> yes, that. Very well, and he leads you out to the edge of the uh, to the edge of Lanisera thread where you can see out across the valley and it's like a large forested bowl on the mountainside and he indicates a hill it doesn't look that far away but it's clear air up here and it's and distances are a little hard to judge there's an outcrop on one side and he says that is where the entrance would lie it is an old building, but it was sealed in the Broken Age by the Canavere, and none have passed since. And um, what's the next nearest entrance? Does it involve going over the top of these mountains, perhaps, or something? It's going under, isn't it? Yeah. The next entrance would be perhaps in Alborado somewhere, or maybe on the other side. There are probably some to the south as well. Maybe closer to the river or Windrush somewhere. Okay, very well. Um, right. Well, you've been you've been very helpful. Um, you should, yes, probably be aware that there's a large army coming up from the south, and there's nobody to stop it. So, I don't know if you've got some sort of way of defending yourself, you might want to sort of consider it. But we're getting out of here. Latest <laughs> says good fortune carry you, and I think for the balance of the world, it would be wise were you to keep that sword from its original owner. Uh, yes, I, I think the the best thing that that we four can do is to get out of Karis with this sword, frankly. <laughs> um, but it would be nice to be able to send something else to delay this army so that all of our peoples don't perish. <laughs> so, um... you know, while we're following word for word the block to Lord of the Rings, I think we need to go and beat these elves. <laughs> put a damn good performance getting them to come to the aid of the Age of Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think we will have we basically have to do that we've got to go and speak to these dwarves you can't just send them a yeah. note saying help lol <laughs> <laughs> oh you literally can it's fine no we're going to go and we're going to wow them and woo them and Bambri's not going to fuck this up and then we'll go <laughs> and spend the next six months at sea the, the notepad that we were given yes um, so is there a way of uh, of determining that the messages that I'm, messages that I'm receiving actually are from preceptor of you. Blue tick. Um. <laughs> <laughs> to see, like, ink you... his face and smear it. 
the the best indicator is that it's his handwriting okay which fine. you've seen quite a bit so you you'll probably can be quite confident that he wrote it yeah he does he does the little hearts over his eyes and stuff <laughs> you know <laughs> okay that's cool um right in that case we will write back to him q q <laughs> uh, or gg good game <laughs> <laughs> How, how many days march is Farmouth from the border of Sudek? Um, Farmouth is probably a week's march, I would say. A week's march. Yeah, maybe a little more. Okay, cool. In that case, I will write back to him um, and say thank you for the note. We are going to speak to the dwarves and then head deep into the mines and into the desert with the sword. He needs to know about the nature of the sword, though. That was kind of what we were here for. Uh, yes, we, we have confirmed that it is the sword of uh, Umenbriar. Excellent. I think that's a reasonable place to stop. And next time we can pick up when you uh, approach the uh, ziggurat that will take you to Batmazgarod. <laughs> so obviously for... For my own notes, so that, that I don't forget and it's clear in my mind, um, we are yeah. we are telling Preceptor Ravio that we are heading into the into the Dwarven yeah. Citadel, through the Dwarven Citadel, into the middle of the, the steaming hot desert, but actually we're intending to make contact with them and then go north to the sea. Nice. Nice strategy. We're lying to Oreo. <laughs> That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> Oreo is going to be overrun by an army in a week. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, we are. And then he'll find the notepad and be like, they're in the desert. Yeah, because then we'll be easy to pinpoint. I do like an Oreo dessert, though. Yeah, but <laughs> if they reckon that we're in the desert, they'll have to they'll have to get through the mountains. Yeah. So they'll yeah. have, they can't go over it. They'll have to go through the dwarfs, which means the dwarfs are automatically in the fight. Basically, yes. Now, <laughs> yeah. You know that Olin Briar can sort of semi-see the sword, right? When she sees it in the sea, she's not going to go, but they said the desert, so men to the desert. Well, she might just know it's north, though. If you think of it being more like a compass. Yeah, well, we might as well try. That direction might mean the mountains or the sea. I appreciate it sounds like I'm poo-pooing the idea, but I'm actually all for lying to him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we are going to get nil help from Farmouth from this point in, so there's no benefit whatsoever in, like, setting out an exact position. You must travel to the west. There is the question of the mountains, which you must confront as well. I thought we were going to the east. Yeah, I don't think we're travelling to the west. Oh, no, it is east. I think we'll be okay. He said, if you will travel to the east, there is the mountain. <laughs> 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 oh, it's like the first podcast where you couldn't get left and right, now it's east and west. In, in the edit, it will always have been east. <laughs> so no, there's, there's, it's like the world isn't that black and white. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it looks like that. Just, you know. <laughs> People are what? shits.
There we go. That's what I want to hear from the Paladin. Mm. Shits. <laughs> yeah. I need to get some dwarf clothes and dwarf costume then. I need to make a big plastic nose. Get the curtains! And I need to walk on my knees. And I, Hello there, fellow dwarves! It's me, Dwarfston! These are not dwarf curtains. Dwarfston Wild! You literally don't. Your legs are dwarf <laughs> lengths already. 